Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast, starring your defending champion, Cascade Bear, Stirk Daddy, Justin STP6, Andy Pollock, Randy Santarelli, D. Slackey, the debut of House Deets, Candle Still Lit, Little Slads, WGL 1035, Prince Palmer 17, Lefty 79, and Bucks in 6. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are previewing and breaking down Justin STP6's team this week. We just wrapped up Will's team last week. And Justin and I told each other, well, we're going to wait until Rogers breaks the news on the McAfee show, according to Guides, the McCaffrey show. And <laughs> uh, literally, I just wasted an hour of my life yeah. waiting to see what he said, which was nothing, of course. What did you say that he said at the end? He was on a 12-day, I don't even know how to pronounce what he pronounced, uh, <laughs> cleanse in India talking about how grateful he was for everyone in his life. Sounds like some hippie shit. Well, yeah, you've you seen his hair? Yes. <laughs> and then him and his uh, girlfriend are no longer together, correct? Beyonce, but yes. Mm. So that's over. I broke... So we're going to start today, we're going to talk about your startup draft, which, oh my gosh, the third through the sixth round is just comical. And then from there, yeah, at the time. And then from there, we're going to start talking about um, some of your seasons. You've made the playoffs all three years. We're going to talk about some of your trades, the more important ones, rather than a lot of the bullshit ones. And then we'll talk about the depth chart of your team, and that'll be it. How dare you say any of my trades were not important? That's bullshit right there. (laughs) So trading... Six round pick for our our annual fourth now fifth round pick swap. Hey, that is very league changing and life altering trades. Mm. So let's get started here with your startup draft. You had the number four pick in the draft, so you're drafting out of the four spot, and then technically you were drafting out of the one spot in the rookie draft. Uh. With the startup draft, at the fourth overall selection, you took Alvin Kamara, the running back for the New Orleans Saints. Um, was there anything that really was going through your mind when you made that pick? I'm going to go ahead here as you're talking and open up our our uh, our, uh, our startup draft just so you can kind of see who was all available in that range. I don't know. At that time, Alvin Kamara was coming off a fantastic season. Um, he was really young, and I figured I needed to get a good franchise back if I wasn't going to be picking for a while. I know that fantasy kind of relies on having a good franchise back like that that I currently have on my team now, but I needed someone. And I thought, all right, Saquon's gone, McCaffrey's gone, and Zeke was already gone. And if I would have taken Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley, who went with the next two picks, that would have been really bad. Mm -hmm. So I think I did pretty well with that pick. 
Yeah, so just be happy that you did not take Todd Gurley. That's for sure. Yes, I am quite thrilled about that. Your next selection was at the 209 when you took Amari Cooper, the wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. What'd you think? Um, that was another one. He had, I'm pretty sure at that point he had just been traded to the Cowboys from the Raiders. He had come off of a really great half season with the Cowboys. And I'm like, all right, young receiver. Seemed like he was going to be a superstar. I'm all in. Let's do it. <laughs> and he has been pretty great for my team. Yeah. And you've kept him all the way to this point. So that's something that we haven't really seen much of is top level players or drop top drafted players even staying with the same team. Your third round pick then was Carrion Johnson, the running back at the time with the Lions. I was all in on Carrion Johnson. I had him in multiple leagues. I thought he was the next big thing. He was really young. He came off of like a, like a half year or a year that he did pretty well. I'm like, this guy is going to be amazing. Spoiler alert, not even close. Um, that's going to be up there with one of the draft picks I regret the most. Although, I, like you said, I had some pretty great ones in the next few. But I think that is definitely by far the draft pick I regret the most because he just flopped. And I ended up having to trade him for pretty much nothing to Tyler. I don't even remember what I got. It was, I think it was like MVS or something, mm. which in fantasy purposes, he's all boomer bust. So, yeah, that was a terrible pick. Then the next pick for you was the 409, the undrafted, coming off of probably when we started two straight solid seasons. Uh, or actually, it might have been one solid season, and then he had another decent one the first year you drafted him. It was Philip Lindsay. At the time, again, he had, they, these guys had value. Um, I really thought that in my first three picks, three of my first four, I was going to have my running backs for the future. Lindsay and Johnson were young. Kamara was young. Kamara was proven. And the other two, Lindsay was coming off of a Pro Bowl season. I'm like, okay, I'm good. He gave me a good year and a half before he's turned into absolute garbage. <laughs> I just pretty much have him on my roster at this point to pretty much be cut going into the season unless he finds like a good role somewhere, which I doubt. Your next selection was your tight end. Is your starting tight end who did have some promise, again, going with the young theme here. You drafted O.J. Howard, the tight end, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. That was another one that um, I thought for sure, okay, a rookie, or I think it was like his second or third year in the league, really young, another Alabama guy, thought, okay, I'm pretty much set for here. And then he immediately tears his Achilles halfway through the season. Mm. And he's never been the same since. Um, I still didn't want to give up on him. And then I eventually traded him for this past year to Will. And I think Will doesn't have him on his team anymore. I don't see much of a fantasy future with him. That was a rough one, but that was all based off of injuries. That was not like based off with the potential and everything that he had. I still probably would have done that, but yeah, that was that was tough. And then speaking of injury, the next pick you t- took was the six oh four. It was Will Fuller, who just never is healthy, but when he is on the field, he is pretty solid. Um, for the Houston Texans at the time. Yeah, um, when he's on the field, it's great but he's never on the field. I think he pissed me off the most, and I think I traded him after the first year to Sterk because I was just so frustrated. He would have some games where he'd be phenomenal, then he'd get hurt. Now he'd come back and he'd be garbage when I started him. 
He was very he was a much more high leverage MVS type player. And I think I was so happy to move on from him. And last year he did fantastic for Sterk. And then this year again he was injured for three quarters of the year and was completely ineffective. So if that guy could ever stay healthy, he'd be phenomenal. But I just didn't trust him. At the seven oh four, then you took your first IDP and this really was a run of IDPs from your roster. At the seven 7- four you selected Aaron Donald the new Super Bowl champ yeah I'm just trying to see if that was one of the first IDPs taken in that startup draft uh it looks like yeah it looks like I must it have was been the just, first one yep yeah so I what or I JJ really Watt one pick before at the 703 okay so I think that's why I started going that way I think that was far too early for an IDP. <laughs> Although Aaron Donald has been the number one defensive tackle the last three years in fantasy, which he has helped me win a couple big matchups. And when we get later talking about um, scoring wise, he's gotten me enough points that I've snuck into the playoffs the last few years. Fantastic player, phenomenal player, really, really liked the guy, but it was a stretch to get him that early. And then you continued the IDP run at the 809, selecting Bobby Wagner, the linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks who you know you really got him in the in the heart of his prime he's still pretty solid I think for you but I think he's gotten hurt a decent amount yeah I that is one pick I don't mind at all because at that point a lot of the more younger or high leverage linebackers had been picked and I'm like yeah I'll get a guy still in his prime and he had gave me two fantastic seasons and this past year he was injured and average Uh, But that's all I could expect from him when I drafted him at that advanced of an age for a prime linebacker. I knew that now the next year or two before he retires, he's not going to be great. But we'll see how long he stays. But for now, he's still uh, every week starter for me. And then in the ninth round, you continued with the IDPs, drafting your other third positional starter in Derwin James, the safety for the Chargers, who I can obviously attest to him never being healthy at all. And this was coming off of a rookie year where he was absolutely fantastic, making plays all over the field. I even did some research and made sure I didn't draft any corners at the time, made sure I went for safeties for IDPs. I didn't. This is the second time I've ever had to draft IDPs. I was in a previous dynasty league, and I knew that safeties had a lot of value, and Derwin James was making plays all over the field, and then two straight years of injury. So between him and Will Fuller, and carry on and oj howard and philip Lindsay. i just had so many injury potential just sapped um and what i really regret now looking back on it my rounds seven eight and nine drafting idps when i really could have gotten a lot of like stacked um depth on my roster and then in the 10th you got a pretty big steal by drafting dak prescott for the cowboys I, to put this into perspective, if you look at the previous round, the 902 was Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. Um, I even remember at the time, and eventually we'll talk about a rookie draft too, thinking that Dak Prescott was a young quarterback, but he didn't have that much potential. But I needed a quarterback at that point. Um, I know that Randy and I were in a battle to get Russell Wilson, and if Randy would not have traded up, I think he traded up with you, I was getting him, and I remember seeing being so pissed. I even messaged Randy at the time. I'm like, God damn it. He took Russell from me. But then 
I'm Dak just kind of fell to me, just like he fell to the Cowboys in the draft that they took him. He was not even my number like three option that I had going forward into the draft, but he he really anchored my team for quite some time. And everything I just said about how I didn't have that much depth in my roster uh, came out the window because Dak was a fantastic pick. And that was the first 10 rounds of your draft. So what we're going to do now is just highlight some of the big steals or value picks that you made for the rest of the draft. And we're going to start right away with a massive one. At the 12.01, you selected Austin Eckler from the Chargers. And at the time, I believe he was the backup to Melvin, who was starting. Yeah, he was Melvin, which is why he was drafted so high in our draft. But Austin Eckler at the 12.01, wow, that's great. Yeah, I absolutely love that pick, and I gave up on him way too early before we got to the start, full star potential that he has now, which we'll talk about. But, uh, yeah, I cannot say enough good things about that pick there. I wish I, he was still on my team. And then we're going to shoot all the way down to the 18th round. So six rounds later at the 1809, you got Micah Sick, the tight end for the Miami Dolphins. I don't know, was he starting at the time in which you drafted him? He is still very young, so I don't remember I'm not details. sure. I don't think he was, or if he was, he had just gotten a starter role the previous year, like towards the end. Uh, but I figured he was a really young tight end. I'd take a flyer on that late in the draft to kind of go with my OG Howard. And then I think I and I looked back at was my roster right before we did this, and I dropped him almost immediately once the season started. And then he went through a couple different teams, and now he's back on my roster when he's actually worth something. That would have been a great pick to just keep. Um, I think I put in in here. I, I also got fourteen oh four. I had Devonte Parker, mm-hmm. who was still on my team, I believe. I think he is. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he was a pretty solid receiver. I think he was just outside the top thirty. The past two years before this past year, he was not very good. Jalen Waddle kind of took away a lot of his targets. But in the 14th round, they're getting a pretty much every week starter at receiver. I thought that was pretty good value, too. Two Dolphins. Yep, that is true. Let's shoot on down to the 21st round. So we had 25 rounds in our startup, just to remember this here. At the 2104, you drafted a young running back, probably just for the hell of it, to give yourself a young potential running back since... You know, running back landscape is so so bare. You took Chase Edmonds, who was the running back for the Cardinals. Yeah, I I can't believe that I took some of these guys and then immediately dropped them um, because both Gesicki and Edmonds were dropped. I looked, and I think it was probably when we had to get our our first year rosters in on September fifteenth of twenty twenty. And both of those guys, if I would have just kept them on my team, I could have gotten a hell of a lot of value, especially with where Edmonds has been the last two years as being a top handcuff and injury replacement and really good back. But I can't believe I got that much value out of my 21st round. I'm surprised we're not highlighting my 25th overall pick. I was going to say the Infinity Stone. The Infinity Stone, yes. I mean, he he did give me a couple starts, uh, and that was worthless, but... The Infinity Stone at the time, the legend, the immortal. And that was really it for your startup draft. So next thing we're going to do is we're going to go right into your uh, rookie draft, which, again, you were drafting out of the number one selection, as we've talked about before. 
both orders were completely randomized uh, versus like you having the number two and then having the 11. Just completely random. Um, we'll talk about the trade later, but you eventually traded the 101 over to Sterk and you ended up moving back to the 104 in which your first selection of the draft was your franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray. Yeah, remember I said that I wasn't sure that Dak was a franchise guy, and I knew I needed to make sure I got someone at quarterback. Well, what better way to do that than go get in the number one overall pick, exciting Kyler Murray. Um, I know going into that draft, I'm like, well, I have, you'll laugh, but Alvin Kamara, <laughs> carry on, and Philip Lindsay. I didn't need one of those top two running backs. Josh Jacobs would have helped my team for the first two years or so, the past year, not so much. David Montgomery absolutely would have helped my team. But I'm like, no, I got all these three young running backs. I'm good. I'll go back and get my QB. And I got some picks out of it or I got a player out of it. I don't remember exactly what it was. But Kyler has been fantastic when he's healthy. The problem the last two years is the couple weeks that he hasn't been healthy, I've been kind of scrambling at that spot. Mm-hmm. And then the 212, so your second round pick, you drafted Mecole Hartman, the wide receiver from the Chiefs. I like that pick. Um, I still think he has potential. It's only his fourth year in the league. He's got a couple of games where he'll just absolutely go off. And then most of the games, he's kind of less featured in their offense. The Chiefs have so many weapons that they don't even know what to do with half of them. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a guy I just continue to hang on to until some of the other guys above him on the depth chart start leaving. Almost seems like a Marquez Valdez-Scantling just on the Chiefs. Like there's some games that will pop Absolutely. or a long touchdown or... Absolutely, but a lot more explosive. Yep. And then the final pick of the draft for you was the final pick, Mr. Irrelevant. You took Ty Johnson. Yep. He just sat on my rookie or my um, taxi squad all the first year, didn't make my roster the second year, and then actually was picked up later on um, and actually started a couple games with some other teams. Uh, that was one where it was just like, all right, sure, I'll get another young running back. And it actually turned out to be something once he left my roster. Nice. So let's get into your first overall season in the Fourth Throne League. You ended the year at 8-5, and five, so you had a pretty solid record. And this is kind of blowing my mind because it hasn't been this way the last two seasons, but you were the five seed and you were three games over five hundred. Usually those five and six, you see them right above... 500 or even right below for some six seeds as you see in a future year so you took the five seed and then you ended up going against uh rowdy who was the four seed and you lost him in the quarterfinals by 53.5 points um what do you think how did you feel at that moment you had a pretty solid season yeah i did and i had a lot of guys play really well like Dak at that time um well, we'll talk about it, but he was QB2 for me. Did not expect that from him whatsoever. And I had guys that really were effective on my team, but going into the playoffs with the 8-5 record, I'm like, okay, I think I have a shot. And then just got my doors blown off me and made it was made even worse because it was rowdy. <laughs> um, yeah, disappointing end to a pretty solid first season. So let's take a look at some of those core players. You already made mention that the quarterback two overall was Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, and then also you had the quarterback seven in Kyler Murray, so you did have some quarterback depth, and you were pretty much fine every single week. 
Next, if we look at your running backs, you had the running back 9, which was Alvin Kamara, and the running back 19, which was Philip Lindsay. So he actually did return you some value. Wide receivers, you had the wide receiver 10 in Amari Cooper and the wide receiver 11 in Devontae Parker. And then finally, you had the defensive lineman ranked number one, Aaron Donald. What do you think about those players? Yeah, it was a pretty good core. And I know uh, when you did the the document for this, I, I snuck Aaron Donald on there because Aaron Donald has been that valuable for my team the last couple of years. But those guys you'd think I would have gone a little bit farther in that year with that many top ranked guys. Quite a few of those have dropped off now, but still I thought I was pretty set and it was just a, a tough playoff matchup, I guess. And then it, we head into the trades. So let's take a look at some of the trades that took place in that 2019 season. We only have three really to highlight. The first one being the trade that happened prior to the startup rookie draft. And this was the one in which Sturk got the 101, uh, and then you move back to the 104. So if we look at this trade and who it involves, you received, in retrospect, Kyler Murray and Cam Akers for Josh Jacobs and Hakeem Butler. What do you think about that trade? I, I like that trade quite a bit. Um if Cam doesn't tear his Achilles, it looks even better for, in my end. But, yeah, I traded back and I got my franchise quarterback, and I eventually had enough ammunition to go get my another franchise running back. So I feel pretty great about that one. The second trade you made was with Randy. It happened right around the trade deadline. And there's, some key, there's a couple pieces in this trade, so let's take a look. So you walk away with Christian Kirk, and Randy walked away with Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Tyler Johnson, and Trevor Lawrence. What do you think? That one, I love that I was listening to some of these podcasts and you walk away every time with. But uh, that one, I wish I did not walk away with that watch because uh, MVS was a throw-in, but it was really the picks. Um, Tyler Johnson could be something, as I've been listening to Will's podcast. Um, but Trevor Lawrence is the one that really, really stings. Christian Kirk has been in and out of my lineup. He's been explosive at times and not at other times. That was made to try to make the playoffs because I think I had like an injury at the wide receiver. I think it was probably Will Fuller because he always is hurt. That That's one that I kind of regret because I helped get Randy some picks as well back into his cupboard so he can go make some more moves to go get that title at first year. Mm -hmm. And then the third big trade that happened in the 2019 season came between you and Will. So you walk away with Tariq Cohen, Devin Asiasi, and Dwayne Eskridge, and Will walks away with Austin Eckler. What do you think? Now that's probably the trade I regret the most. Um, between that one and I think there's one other one to come that was pretty bad. That, oh, I Tariq Cohen, he was young. I thought he had some potential. I'm pretty. He's pretty much stayed on my team because I'm like, well, he could be the guy that he was the first two years with the Bears. Whenever he comes back, I think <laughs> I think he was in the running for why is he still on a roster award this past year. <laughs> um, Devin Asiasi has done nothing. I'm not even on my team. I think I, I traded him. Dwayne Eskridge has done nothing. Not even on my team. Um, yeah, that was. That was a god awful trade. Um, that was one that I could, if I could take back, that's the, probably the one I'd take back the most. 
So now let's move into the 2020 rookie draft. And this was a pretty big one for you as it did have some, some key pieces onto your team. Again, obviously, as we go through these, we're talking about the trades later, but let's just take a look at the 2020 rookie draft. And if we start well, off, what? hold on first, though, because I'd made the Devonte Adams trade before that, because that gave me the ammunition to make the big one. Mm. Yeah, I just had it as identified as 2020, because then we'll talk about it in that group. But I guess if you okay. want to talk about it now, we can do that. Yeah, um, I think because that was the first trade I made that offseason before the rookie draft even came up. So I got Devonte Adams and the 109 from Ryan for Kamara and the 305 which the 109 ended up being Denzel Mims and Isaiah Simmons for so pretty much I got Devonte Adams and Denzel Mims who I eventually traded um, for Alvin Kamara and Isaiah Simmons. It's a pretty even trade at the time. I think I definitely won it long term though with Devonte Adams turning into the number one receiver, but then that brought me in with three first round picks going into the 2020 rookie draft, which is why I wanted to do that real quick mm. before we get into how many fantastic moves i made during that draft so do you want to talk about the trade you made with will first or do you just want to go through the picks let's just go through them it's fine all right so if we take a look at the first round at the 102 you selected jonathan taylor was there any other options you were considering at that time not even a not even a little one um i know that we, i moved up to get him he was my guy all along i watched him play at wisconsin went to a bunch of badger games with sam um, I, he was my guy and I can't be any more happy that he's my franchise running back. And then at the two Oh seven, you ended up drafting cam Akers, So another running back for you. Yeah. Uh, before he tore his Achilles, um, my goodness, he had a great rookie year, turned in the starter and came back in five months from a torn Achilles this past year. Uh, I'm really excited about the future with cam Akers. Um, man, I had a, Really good start to my draft. Actually, that was one of my only picks, I yep. believe. Those are your only two picks. So let's get yeah. into the second season. Believe it or not, even with those two solid running backs, you finished six and seven, but you still snuck into the playoffs as the sixth seed. As the sixth seed, you lost to Randy in the quarterfinals by 35.2 points. Randy, as we know, then lost in the semifinals. Uh, let's take a look at your core players and just kind of throw it all together here before you comment. Some of your core players at the quarterback position, you had Kyler Murray, who was the quarterback three. The running backs, you had Jonathan Taylor, who finished as the running back six. Wide receivers, you had the wide receiver one in Devontae Adams. Wide receiver 15 in Amari Cooper. And the wide receiver 16 in Brandon Cooks. Tight end, you had the tight end three in Logan Thomas. And then again, you made mention of the defensive lineman number one, Aaron Donald. What were your thoughts on season two? Yeah, I mean, wide receiver one, I think the Devontae Adams trade couldn't have worked out any better for me. I got my got Tyler as QB three. Jonathan Taylor's RB six. I grabbed Logan Thomas off waivers for like five bucks at the beginning of the season. I went back and looked at how I got him, and he ended up being a tight end three. I should have done a lot better than 6-7, and I'm not entirely sure what happened, but I just was able to sneak in in that last week and then got blown out in the quarters. So two seasons in, I still hadn't won a playoff game <laughs> with a roster that was able to compete, which is very frustrating at the time. 
let's take a look at your 2020 trades. You already made mention of the Adams Camara trade. The second trade that happened, I don't know, was it on draft day? Was between you and Will, and you walk away with the you walk away with Jonathan Taylor, and Will walks away with Keyshawn Vaughn and Denzel Mims. Oh my goodness! That this trade has shaped my entire team. I know Will still uh, regrets this one, but we had actually been talking for about a week, and we agreed to it, and then we weren't sure, and kind of going in the week, and then Will said he wanted to wait until the draft to kind of make it. Um, part of the Zoom call. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Um, but we had been going back and forth over which picks I'd be giving up because at the time I had the 7, 8, and 9. And I did not want to give up that 7th, um, that first rounder in the 7th, uh, which I ended up getting Cam Akers with, which I'm very, very glad that I did not um, because now I have Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers from that draft. But I gave up two, two picks that I was just running away in so much joy with because they are really, really shaping my team. So that's clearly, would you say that's your favorite trade you've made in our league? Oh, by, by far. That's when I do a hundred times out of a hundred. It was fantastic. Then you made another trade and this time it was with Stirk daddy. Um, you walk away basically with the value of Devante Smith and Stirk daddy walked away with the value of Will Fuller, uh, Justin Fields and a second this round that's yours that we don't know who it is yet. So a second, Will Fuller and Justin Fields for Devontae Smith. What do you think about that trade? No, that was not a great trade. That was probably the other one that I've kind of looked back at and gave up. I gave up way too much in that deal. Um, despite Will Fuller being really frustrating for me, he still had a pretty good year in 2020. And to give up two seconds for that first to go get basically Devonte smith which i'd never actually trapped it i ended up trading that somewhere along the line but it was not a really good deal um those are the pretty much the two deals the austin eckler one the Devonte, the will fuller one those are the two that really stick out in my mind wishing that i probably had not done them christian kirk deal and one to come as well probably weren't the greatest but those those two were not the best moves and then another trade that happened was between you and will this is one of those silly trades you ended up walking away with a previously mentioned superstar, duplicate player, and Will walks away with Joseph Asai. Well, yeah, it was for a six-round pick. I think it was my last. I don't even know who Joseph Asai is. So that <laughs> that was a fun one. Um, I know duplicate player went around the league for quite some time, and Will actually got a legitimate asset out of it twice, I believe, with both my six-round pick, even though he didn't turn into anything, and then eventually Missile Trubisky. Yeah, duplicate player was fun. He was around the league for quite some time in that 2020 season. And then the last trade that you made was, again, between you and Lefty this time. So you received uh, Matt Ryan, Daryl Henderson, Brandon Cooks, Eric Ebron, and Latavius Murray, five pieces, for Dak Prescott and $35 of fab. What do you think? So this is a very, very close second for being the best dynasty trade I've ever made. Um, obviously getting Jonathan Taylor and trading who turned into Keyshawn Vaughn and Denzel Mims is definitely going to be my favorite, but this is so close because Dak and Kyler, when I had both of them, they're both top 10 QBs and lefty desperately needed a quarterback at the time. And he didn't have any fab and he reached out 
saying like he wanted Dak and he's, he offered this to me and I could not have accepted any faster. I was looking through these pieces and I'm like, Matt Ryan, I get my backup quarterback. Darrell Henderson, I get my uh, handcuffed to Cam Akers. Brandon Cooks was having a fantastic year. Eric Ebron was still a very startable tight end. Latavius Murray was another good handcuff. And all of this stuff for a QB that was at my strongest position on my roster. It was it was a great trade, and it really helped shape the depth of my roster moving forward. Okay, so then after that, we get into the 2021 season. Uh, and this draft, you actually had a total of seven picks. You might have had a little more or less and just made some trades, but uh, you had you walked away with seven players out of this draft. So we'll just walk about through each of them each individually um, and and talk about it. First was at the 109, you selected the running back from the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Sermon. What do you think? Man, at the time, I had watched him just dominate at Ohio State and he was picked early enough with Kyle Shanahan the San Francisco running game I really thought that that was going to be a really really good pick and he's already been outshined by Elijah Mitchell a seventh rounder so he's going to stay on my team for a while see if once all the 49ers running backs once again inevitably get hurt and Trey Sermon gets featured hopefully he turns into something but that was not a great pick as I thought I was going to be and then you had a second first-round pick. You actually made a trade for this. Eventually, we'll talk about it. But at the 111, because you moved up, you took Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver for the Panthers. I was all in on this guy. Um, I know he's incredibly young. He was, like, the youngest wide receiver that was picked. He was in, coming from LSU with Jerbo. Wow, I can't say his name right now. With Joe Burrow in that fantastic season. I then having a year off, I thought this guy was going to be fantastic. And I guess it doesn't help when you have combination of Sam Darnold, Cam Newton and PJ Walker throwing (laughs) you the ball. But still, I really disappointed after his first year. Those were not good first round picks as even though I had seven guys in my rookie draft, I don't think that any of them are going to be contributing as a starting role on my team next year, which is a rough way to move forward. The 307, then you selected Nico Collins, who was the wide receiver out of Michigan and was taken by the Houston Texans. Uh, he looked solid uh, for the Texans when they had all of their different players playing wide receiver. Um, I ended up flipping him for a much better player. So I guess I got some good value out of him there, but it was, it was a solid third round pick. And then next, I actually kind of sneakily like this pick, but the 408, you took Tommy Trumbull, who is now probably going to be the starting tight end for the Carolina Panthers. Yes, I do like this pick. In the fourth round, it was great value. Um, for, I think, two or three years in a row, I drafted a tight end in the middle rounds or got him off waivers that was a rookie and then stashed him on my taxi and then I dropped him. First year it was Dawson Knox, which I still had him on my roster. Last year, it was Hunter, or as um, the young guy for Harrison Bryant. Um, maybe he should still be in my roster. I'm not sure about that one. I know he's on your your roster now, but I'm not making this mistake a third time. Tommy Turnbull will be on my roster for a little while, see if he turns into something before I make a decision on whether or not to get rid of him. And then the 507, you took the running back out of the Green Bay Packers, Kylan Hill. 
this was this was tough because if we could have gotten punt and kick return yards to count, Kylan Hill would have been a fantastic pick that late because he was the Packers kick returner and punt returner, and he was looking good until he tore his ACL uh, in that Cardinals game. He was explosive in a couple times he got the ball. If he's fully healthy, I think he has a chance to stay on my roster just because my running back depth is so shitty. But we'll see. We'll see how he recovers from that torn ACL. And then we get to the sixth round, and your 601 was Quiddy Pay on the Colts. I mean, in the sixth round, if I get a first round defensive lineman to kind of give some depth behind Aaron Donald, I thought that was a solid pick. Um, well, well, it'll it remains to be seen if he makes my roster. I kind of doubt it at this point. But, I mean, in the sixth round, you don't really have much to work with. And getting a first-run defensive lineman, I'll take it. And then, finally, at the 6-12, Mr. Irrelevant, you drafted a veteran, Tim Tebow. That was the moment of the 2020? 2021. No, 2021 rookie draft. Um, I know the 2020 Zoom call was fantastic. 2021 rookie draft was good. But that sixth round was a shit show, and it was a lot of fun because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into the trade that I got him for, but I love that pick. So let's get into the season. Third third season, we obviously expanded into 14 games with the NFL expanding. You ended the season 7-7, seven and seven, so right around 500 again. You were the sixth seed, and you ended up winning your first playoff game by 47.9 points over Randy, destroyed him. And then you moved to the semifinals and lost to Cascade Bear by 41.6. Some of your core players included at the quarterback, we had Kyler Murray, quarterback 11. Jonathan Taylor, running back 1. Devonta Adams, wide receiver 2. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 20. Mike Gesicki, tight end 9. And then again, Aaron Donald, the defensive lineman, ranked number 1. What were your thoughts on this previous season? I really liked my core players. Um, they really took took charge and had me in the running for quite a bit. I finally got my first playoff victory, and I absolutely smoked Randy. We had that fun moment where we had the, the JSP fan club, and I had you and Will on my side with their your team names, and then you both abandoned me as the, the game started, and then I still smoked him. Um, not salty. Um, but, uh, the squad was pretty good. The problem I ran into halfway through the year is I had Taysom Hill as my backup. And I know in my, in the trade thing, cause I have so many trades that you didn't want to talk about Taylor Heineke, but I did have to go make a trade to make, to get a backup QB and Taylor Heineke just kept me afloat for those few weeks. And now he's probably not going to be a starter this year, but if that Kyler Murray injury doesn't happen, I think I have a better record and I have a better chance of doing something in the playoffs because uh, my seating would be a little bit better, but I still was able to get my first playoff win. And I, I liked liked how the season ended. Uh, and I'm still 500. Yep. And you're going to be seeking your fourth straight playoff appearance next year. Let's take a look at some of the trades that happened in 2021. The first being uh, a trade you made with Cascade Bear. It was basically Terrace Marshall Jr. for Kyle Trask and a first-round pick. What do you think? Well, coming off of that really terrible year season, Kyle Trask doesn't scare me at all. Fourth rounder, whatever. But the 2021 or 2022 first that's coming up this year, that could be worth something. Um, I'm really hoping Terrace Marshall comes into his own. 
Otherwise, that draft, uh, that trade could come back to bite me in the ass in the future. And then you made a trade with Sturt Daddy. Basically, you got a second-round pick for Matt Ryan and a fourth. I like that. I like that trade. Um, I, I had Philip Rivers. I traded except him for you not having any quarterbacks now. That's the only negative. Yeah, I, I had because I had Philip Rivers as my backup in 2019. I traded him to Stirk. Stirk, it was his backup quarterback for all the 2020. Um, then he retired. So then I made another trade with Stirk um, to go get Matt Ryan. I'm like, he kind of looked washed. He looks over the hill. I'm like, I have Taysom. I'm, I should be all right. And then Taysom got hurt, and then I needed to scramble to get a backup quarterback. So, yeah, I don't have the quarterback right now, but I still got a second-round pick for a guy that looked like he was washed the season before, which I'll take. You made a trade with Randy. It included Max Williams and a fifth. Max Williams had some flashes before getting hurt, and then Randy walks away with a third and a fifth. Yeah, that was not a good trade. Um, He was looking good, and I was looking for the stack with Kyler. I put it on this list just because – Pretty much a week or two after I traded for him, he tore something in his knee and is out for the rest of the year. Um, so which made me have to go searching for more tight ends when Logan Thomas got hurt, Max Williams was hurt, OJ Howard I traded. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck I'm starting at tight end this week. And then I had to go make another deal, which I I really liked, but the Max Williams trade was not a good one. Um, Randy picked him up off of waivers and ended up swapping fifths and getting a third for him, which was great management from by Randy. And then, speaking of that tight end trade you made that you liked, you walked away with Mike Gesicki. Ryan walks away with Nico Collins and a third. I I really like this trade. Nick, uh, Mike Gesicki should have stayed on my roster in the first place. Um, he's now named uh, – we, we named him Michael Sick after our slip in the podcast, and I now have him named Goose Egg Gesick after that horrendous playoff performance um, against Cascade Bear. But still, um, Gesicki – and Logan Thomas, as long as he stays healthy, are my tight ends moving forward with young Tommy Tremble. I feel pretty good at that spot. Um, I just hope Nico Collins doesn't turn into be a fantastic player. And then the last trade we have highlighted here is you walking away. This actually happened, what was it, a couple weeks ago, uh, with Cordero Patterson and Braylon, Ed- Braylon Edwards, Brian Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Cordero and Brian Edwards. Yeah, that was one I just made. Um, I I didn't have the depth that I needed at running back, and we'll talk about that shortly. I ended up having to start Kyle Juszczyk in my third-place playoff game. Love it. It was wow. Um, so I needed to get some depth back somewhere, and Cordero has both positional flexibility. Really came into his own last year. Brandon Cook's had a good, a solid year, but I'm still not sold 100% because I have no idea who the Texans quarterback is going to be. And then I was able to get Brian Edwards, or Braylon, as I'm now going to call him, um, <laughs> for Byron Pringle, who's a fan, a waiver wire guy. So I downgraded my wide receiver spot for a big upgrade at running back wide receiver flexibility. We'll see how this one works. Um, I think Sterk approached me in the offseason and was, we were talking about it for like a day. We made it happen. I'm a little torn on this one. Um, but we'll see moving forward. I think it's going to depend on where Cordero goes. And then Pringle, too, because they're both free agents um, in a couple weeks when free agency opens. 
just to kind of see what the market is on Cordero since he was the running back nine on the season. Uh, but like you said, you do need some running back depth, so that does help you. Yeah, and I, I think Falcons will be smart to bring him back on a cheap deal. He was fantastic for them last year. And if I get any kind of the value that he has been the last few years or with his past year, I feel a lot better about this deal. Next, let's move into your depth chart. So we're going to go position by position like we have in the past. I'm just going to read off the names kind of in the order in which I presume to be the depth chart on your team. Obviously, that could be different. Um, and then we'll talk about your picks uh, in this year and then the next two years. And that'll be it. And then you'll obviously wrap up how you feel overall about your team and what your approaches to this off season. So let's take a look at your quarterback group to begin with. And at the top, you got Kyler Murray with the Cardinals, Taysom Hill with the Saints, who just got big pay, uh, Taylor Heineke, who's kind of to be determined what his role is going to be with the Commanders. Um, they do have a, a first coming up, and they might be one of the teams that targets one of these veteran quarterbacks. And then finally, you have Sam Ellinger, who's Billy Football's number one ranked quarterback in this previous class. Yeah, the pretty much Billy football is the what convinced me to go throw on the taxi squad. Um, yeah, I feel great about Kyler. I just need to get a backup because Taysom Hill and Taylor Heineke, well, they had some flashes the past two years. They're not consistently a starting quarterback, so we'll it remains to be seen if both of them will be on my roster moving forward. But I definitely need to go get a quarterback. I I, I know that because I don't want to have to scramble and start making some desperate trades to make sure I have a valid roster once Kyler inevitably gets hurt again. Mm-hmm. And then at the running back, you might have to handcuff Kyler with, like, Colt McCoy or something. I don't know. Potentially. (laughs) The running back position, then, you have a lot more options than you probably thought. It's just a matter of how many of them do you consider to be valuable. Uh, From a dynasty perspective, we're starting it off with Jonathan Taylor. Then we got Cam Akers, uh, Daryl Henderson, who I believe is a free agent this year, Uh, Trey Sermon, and then obviously JT is a Colt. Cam Akers is a Ram. Trey Sermon, who is going into his sophomore year, hopefully a little more valuable with the Niners. Cordero Patterson. I thought Sony Michelle. Mich- yes, was you're right. Cor- sorry, uh, Sony Michelle is the free agent. Yep. Okay. So that's good. So, then yeah, that gives you a handcuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cordero is a free agent. He's 30 now. Giovanni Bernard, free agent. Philip Lindsay, free agent. Jalen Richard, I don't know if he's a free agent. He's, he was on the Raiders, right? Yeah, Kenyon Drake I don't know is the guy I'm thinking of. I'm, I have no idea if Rashard's a free agent or not. He was a December pickup when my running back room was ravaged by injury. Uh, Kylan Hill with the Packers, and then Kyle Juszczyk with the 49ers. What do you think about your running back depth? Hey, don't forget about the legend Tariq Cohen. Oh, did I miss him? <laughs> oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, um, after those first four to five and one of them's a handcuff, and one of them had a really disappointing rookie season. All the rest are basically irrelevant, um, are just emergency guys. I need to get some depth there because the fact that I had to start Kyle Juszczyk, a fullback that got me two points in the third-place game that I actually won money on somehow, um, that's terrible. So I really need to get something there. At the wide receiver group, then, you have Devontae Adams with the, uh, oh, I should say free agent at the moment, 
Amari Cooper with the Cowboys, Devontae Parker with the Dolphins, Christian Kirk is a free agent, Miko Hartman is a chief, Brian Edwards, Braylon Edwards, whatever you want to call him, is a Raider, Quintez Cephas with the Lions, Terrace Marshall Jr. with the Panthers, Braxton Berrios, who actually had a pretty good end of the year with the Jets, but he's now a free agent, Sammy Watkins, the Lizard King free agent, and Imir Smith-Marset with the Vikings, who actually had a pretty exciting preseason, if I recall. Yeah, he did. Um, I feel a lot better about my receivers. I know I just traded Brandon Cooks, who was like a top 25 guy. Um, but the, the top couple guys, as long as they kind of stay where they're at, or maybe they go to a better spot with Kirk, or Adams can't really get to a much better spot than where he's at. But I feel good with my top like six or seven. Uh, Quintez Cephas was actually having a very good year and was going to be a weekly starter until he got hurt and for the second straight year. Um, <clears throat> I really need to get some value out of that Terrace Marshall. Hopefully Brian Edwards stays and does something. But then Barrios was a late-season flyer. I felt solid about him. The Lizard King is worthless. And Amir Smith-Marset, I mean, he's young. We'll see what happens with him. Um, getting that punt and kick returner yards would have really helped me with both... Um, Amir Smith-Marset, Kylan Hill when he was healthy, um, Nicole Hardman, like all those guys would have really gotten me some extra points if we had that pass. I was really hoping that was going to happen. It was close. And then at the tight end for your group, you got Mike Gasick, Logan Thomas. Mike Gasick is a free agent. Logan Thomas is a commander. Tommy Tremble with the Panthers. Max Williams, I'm not sure. And then Ricky Seals-Jones, I think, is a free agent. <clears throat> yeah, Ricky Seals Jones will not make my opening week roster. Um, but uh, <laughs> the other three to four, I feel pretty solid about um, as long as they're healthy. Um, Gasick had a fantastic year, I thought. Um, was really splitting a lot of time with Jalen Waddell and some others for catches that he previous year really dominated with. Logan Thomas is a fantastic player. He's just approaching the wrong side of 30 and coming off of a knee injury. And Trumbull's my young guy that I have a chance with. Um, I don't know what to expect with Max Williams coming off of his knee injury. But yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones is not making my roster. And then your kicker, franchise kicker, is Rodrigo Blankenship from the Colts. Yep. The the years with the kick is Gould. Uh, my old team name with Robbie Gould um, was extinguished the moment he <laughs> hit the game winner against the Packers. He was dropped from my roster within a few minutes. Um, but I'll go back with Rex Specs. Hopefully he'll actually be able to play and be healthy this season. And then in your IDPs, we start with Bobby Wagner. Uh, just because Aaron Donald, I mean, he's going to play, I would assume, this year, but has threatened to retire. <clears throat> so Bobby Wagner, Aaron uh, with the Seahawks, Aaron Donald with the Rams, Justin Simmons with the Broncos, C.J. Mosley, I believe, is a free agent. Uh, Zadarius Smith is going to likely be a free agent. Adrian Amos, I would assume the Packers might resign or extend, I should say. Uh, Pay with the Colts, and then Javon Holland with the Dolphins. Yeah, I have a lot of question marks in my IDPs. Um, my top couple, for sure, I'm, I'm pretty set with. Um, with Bobby, Justin, CJ Mosley, I'm pretty sure is staying with the Jets. Aaron Donald, I think he's just doing it for leverage, but as long as he keeps playing, he's going to be my top IDP again. Uh, but Zadarius, Adrian Amos, I don't know what to expect with them. I think Amos is actually a free agent, and Zadarius is most likely going to be one. But then, again, I still have Cody Pay and Javon Holland waiting in the wings um, as rookies from this past year. <clears throat> Holland is 
definitely, I think, at this point, making my roster next year because he had a pretty solid rookie year. I just didn't need him to move up for my taxi. But uh, I feel better about Javon Holland more than Quiddy Pay. Let's move into the 2022 draft, which is coming up. You have a total of five picks. You have the 209, the 309, the 502, the 508, and the 509. What are you hoping to accomplish with those picks? First of all, I need either in draft, free agency, trading, whatever, I need another quarterback. Um, maybe I go get Kyler Murray's backup. I'm not sure. But after that, I just need depth on my roster, um, especially at the running back spot. I have guys there. They're not good guys. Um, after those first couple, a lot of those guys are potentially not even going to be in the NFL anymore. So I need to go make something happen there. And then at that, and once I get to the fifth round, it's just going to be trying to throw a dart at the wall and hoping something sticks, hoping I can get a Hunter Renfro kind of guy in like the fifth or sixth round, which is probably not going to happen. But just getting some depth on my roster at that point. <clears throat> and then in 2023, uh, you have a first, second, third, fourth, and sixth. And 2024, you have your normal one, two, three, four, five, six, but your fifth and sixth being my picks. Any thoughts at yes. all about those? Pretty normal. We made we made the first ever three team trade, which was fantastic. Thank you, Will, as well. Um, I I hope that ground groundbreaking trade allows some other three team deals to eventually start happening. I think it would make it even more fantastic of a dynasty league than it already is. So, what are your overall thoughts about your team as we wrap up here? And then, how do you how do you think you're going to proceed going into uh, this off season? So, yes, I've made the playoffs the last three years. I think my best shot for sure was my first year when I actually had a really, really solid stacked roster. Past two years, I have snuck in by like 10 points and by like 20 or 30 points, uh, just barely sneaking in. I didn't have a first going into this year, so I really needed to at least make it to the playoffs to make that first le less of a struggle to get. <laughs> I don't know. I have so many veteran guys at this point that I probably need to start getting younger but sneaking into the playoffs again would kind of be fun but it's getting old fast I need either to be in that top tier or to start selling and I need to pick one of those options I think once the season starts I'll start knowing that because being in the middle is not very fun it's just like fighting for your life to scrap and claw to be blown out in the playoffs <clears throat> which I've done it's fun, but not what it should be. And I'm not on the level of Jake or Randy or Andy or probably even like Will's roster right now. Um, so that m might mean I might have to start tanking a little bit. I'm never going to like not ha fill out a full roster, but like potentially looking at offloading some of my veterans to kind of go get some more young guys. We'll see. I haven't really made up my mind yet. But three straight years of sneaking into the playoffs, I need something different this year. And it's interesting because we've had three straight weeks, me, Will, and you, of the teams that probably trade the most. And then next week we're going to have Sturk. So right in the middle of this team profile uh, kind of section we've been doing for this show, uh, it's four straight teams of people that are very willing to trade and have proven that through three years of league. 
Yeah, I think I'm pretty much going to stick with my roster is right now until we get a lot closer to the draft and then start looking at some where some of my guys start landing, especially with the amount of free agents that I have. Um, once I start seeing where these homes are going to be, then I'll start looking at making some moves. But for right now, I'm going to stay where I'm at. But I'm absolutely willing to start trading once it gets closer to the season. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Join us next week as we break down Team Stirk Daddy, who's been one of the top teams for basically our league's existence and has not let off the gas. So we will see you next time.